Happy 4th of July, everybody. Wow, I'm impressed by the number of people that came out today on the 4th of July. You know, I, uh, the guys were talking about how they were planning and what they were going to offer, and one of them said we were having cold brew, and I know that that information went out on Facebook and stuff. I, I, was, I was expecting to see some of my old high school friends here this morning because they, that was a time for you to laugh. You're allowed to laugh. It's 4th of July. Um, you know what? Uh, we have uh, someone very special with us today. I tried to get him to come up as a birthday present uh, to sing uh, the Star Spangled Banner with me, but he wouldn't do it. He's just a humble kind of guy. He didn't want to show off his talent. Oliver Jawad, your birthday is today. Happy birthday, our brother. We love you, man. We love Ollie so very much. So very much. Look over at him and say, start to watch The Chosen, bro. Yeah. So yeah, after this, we have tie-dyes. There's a, there's a, there are a ton of them. In, uh, t-shirts in there. Cool t-shirts. Love you to stay around. Take a minute. Well, however long it takes to do a tie-dye, do a tie-dye, take it with you, uh, a way to, to uh, kind of like uh, testify about the Lord. Also, this baseball, guys, uh, a couple weeks ago, Father's Day, had one of these, just want to remind you, put it somewhere where you can look at it. You know what, when we, pre- when we preach a truth, uh, we don't want to forget a truth by the next sermon we preach. What we want to do is, is store up the truths that God gives us and return to them, and we grow exponentially as God builds the foundation. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes this morning. Uh, we're in this series, The Fire and the Honey. And, uh, and so I want, to, uh, I want to talk about America in, in the fire on this 4th of July. So would you pray with me? This is really, really put our eyes on the Lord and our heart toward heaven and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to be with us today. We thank you, Lord, for the freedoms we experience in this land Anybody thankful for that? Come on, raise your hand to heaven if you are. We thank you for the freedoms we experience in this land and for those who have led the way to this freedom and for those who seek to maintain such freedom and for those who know that there is a need to work, that this freedom is complete for every person in America. Lord, we thank you for the freedom of speech. We thank you for the freedom to assemble. We thank you for the freedom to worship without consequence. We thank you so much for the blessings of freedom that we experience simply because we live in this this beautiful, wonderful country. We praise you, Lord, for all these things. Jesus, we know freedom isn't free. We also gather here to celebrate and long for a greater freedom. And we long that no one living in this great land, no one, would know any less freedom than anybody else. We long for something more still. We long for the freedom of the soul. May no one here today or listening or watching settle for less than the greatest need of all, the freedom of the soul, which can only come by the emancipating salvation through the only one, the only name under heaven, given to mankind by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. O Lord, let not one person today under the sound of my voice in this place without such freedom go through this day without experiencing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you'd speak to us. We pray that you'd speak through us for the glory of the Father 
in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me as I read the Word of God just one more time? And uh, it, on your YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along with the notes if you'd like. Um, John 8.31, Jesus is speaking to the Jewish leaders who thought they were free because of their national and biological identity with Abraham. And they lived in a Bible culture, did they not? <laughs> Bible everywhere, temple, everything. And here's what Jesus said in John 8.31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth. And here's what the truth does, and the truth will make you free. Then they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anybody. Oops, they forgot. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Greece, Rome. In Roman occupation, they're saying, We've never been enslaved to anybody. How is it that you say you will become free? Think of that, America, right? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who lives in a sin-dominant life, you, your Bible says commits sin, that means a sin-dominant life, is a slave of sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father, and therefore you also do the things which you heard from your father. They answered and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. Let God minister his word to you. You may be seated. Look at somebody and say, a while ago, Dustin said there was no big wigs. Reach out your hand and shake it to someone and say, I'm a big wig. Go ahead and do that. I'm a big wig. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, number one, point number one, America in the fire. Ready? Now, now strap your seatbelts in. This, one, this, one, this, fir this first point might mess with you a little bit. It is incorrect as Americans to see America as the fire of God's glory. Let that go out a minute. It's incorrect to see America as the fire of God's glory. One of my favorite presidents, and I have a number of them, but one of my favorite presidents, I was able to go to his library up, up, up in the, above Los Angeles, and it was one of my favorite things I've ever done, was, was Ronald Reagan. Um, he was famous for his City on a Hill speech, which I loved. It was a beautiful vision for America. And I think it's good to have a beautiful vision for America. And, and he was a great communicator, and hardly anyone better and I know what Ronald Reagan meant, and I respect what he said. And I, I deeply respect his love for our country. I love this patriotism. But with that said, when Jesus spoke about the city on a hill from Matthew 5 and the light of the world, he wasn't speaking about America. He said to the people listening to him and following him, you and only you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So it's best for us as believers to see the city on a hill as followers of Jesus shining their light individually and collectively through true churches in every nation than to innocently think America is the city 
on a hill. There's another passage that brings clarity. And we need this kind of clarity right now in our country. When Peter says this, but you and only you are a chosen race. That means God's chosen race is made up of every race. Let that sink in. God's chosen race is made up of every race, not white, not black, not Hispanic, not any other. But the chosen race are those who believe and belong to Jesus Christ. When someone say amen. Come on, someone say amen. And then he says, you're a royal priesthood. You are a whole, listen, you, church, are a holy nation. You're the holy nation. A people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you're the people of God. At one time you did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Live as aliens and strangers in this world. Wow, think of that. You know what that passage means? That passage means that Israel is not God's favored nation. It means the church is. That passage also is not written about the United States of America. That passage is written to people who've been washed in the blood of Jesus. That passage is for people who are washed in the blood of Jesus, born again, who have the spirit of the living God alive in them, which means that people who have that if they live in Bangladesh, if they live in Syria, or they're crossing the borders from Mexico into Arizona, if they're in Christ Jesus, have the right to claim that passage over any patriot in our country who isn't walking with Jesus. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And has a right to claim that over any Jewish person right now praying at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. What I just said is what got Stephen killed. What I just said is what got Jesus put on a cross. Right? C.S. Lewis, in, the, in his writing The Screwtape Letters, anybody ever read that? The Screwtape Letters was concerned about this. He called it Christianity and. And what he said in the Screwtape Letters was, he was, he was concerned about a state of confusion which a person who has an identity in Jesus Christ mixes it with other loyalties to the point that you can't tell the difference and, in, and, and without knowing it, the other loyalties can take preeminence over their loyalty to Christ. And I believe it's very important as, 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 as Americans and, and hey, nobody is any more American than, than T. McGee. I'm American, man. But uh, So that's important, though, to know that America is not the fire of his glory. But just as important. Now, got that straight. Now, here's the next one, though. It's also incorrect to deny that the fire of his glory has influenced, blessed, and brought great good to and through this nation. Would you say amen to that? To deny that is to live in denial. There is no other explanation from the beginnings to now. If you read the history of this country and things that went on, 
the providential glorious hand of God Almighty for His purposes brought good and blessing and His fire and His glory to, in, and through this nation. Someone should say amen. There have been great awakenings and revivals from the 1700s through the 1990s unlike anything else that's happened in the entire world in the United States of America. I was looking at the effects just of the Great Awakening, looking up a, a, an article in history.org, and it says the Great Awakening notably altered the religious climate in all the American colonies. Wouldn't that be great to have another awakening that would, that would, uh, that would enhance the religious climate in every city, in every country? The Methodist Church, the Baptist Church came out of the Great Awakening. The Assemblies of God Church, the Church of God came out of the move of the Spirit of God in Los Angeles and Topeka, Kansas in the early 1900s. Many historians even claim that the Great Awakening influenced the Revolutionary War and encouraged us as, as, as a people here to move toward national sovereignty, sovereignty instead of tyranny by a king where individual rights would begin to be secured. And the revivals also led, you know this, do you know that the reason why Princeton was founded, Rutgers, Brown, I'm not reading from a Christian periodical, I'm reading from history.org, Princeton, Rutgers, Brown, Dartmouth, and Harvard, in their founding documents, have phrases like this, a mission to train young people to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? That's almost hard to believe. That's almost impossible to believe, Right? Here's where we are, though. There are reasons to be concerned that America and such days are behind her. Right? We should be concerned about that. But let's lift up our heads and let's lift up our eyes because here's what I'm convinced of. There are reasons to believe God's fire could influence this nation again. Come on. There are reasons to, there are real reasons to believe that God's fire could influence this nation again, and we should pray and commit to the second. This is the kind of fire we need in America. Because the type of fire in America, and there is fire in America right now, the type of fire in America will be directly related to the kind of fire in the churches in America. I said the kind of fire, which means I believe there could be different kinds of fire in the churches. There are different kinds of fire in the country right now. I want to talk about the kind of fire we don't want to have and then the kind of fire we do. The first kind of fire we don't want to have is strange fire. The Old Testament talks about priests of God offering up strange fire to the Lord. It wasn't holy fire. It was a strange fire, and God resisted it, and actually God judged it. I would call this like Mystery Babylon fire. It's a fire, but it's a Mystery Babylon kind, which is a seductive fire. Now listen closely. Politics and patriotism are seen in a metaphor in the book of Revelation, chapter uh, 13 and 17, that in the end of days, as a, as a, as a repeat of what happened with the Roman Empire... Uh, the beast of the world, the demonic beast of the world, like a lamb religion. And it'll look like a lamb, but speak like a dragon. Okay? That's Mystery Babylon. 
and strange fire. This spirit of Babylon is hovering over the world looking for a place for the woman to rest. Politics and patriotism, both good things. I'll talk about that in a minute. But getting mixed with Jesus. I didn't say influenced by Jesus, but mixed with Jesus in this way. Where whatever political side I land, whatever I define patriotism as, in a blend of which my politics and my patriotic fervor is absent of the spirit and nature of Jesus Christ. In other words, passionate Christianity influencing politics the right way and not a strange fire will do so in the nature of Jesus Christ. Anybody listening to me this morning? Patriotic political fervor on the other side in the name of Jesus to bring the Jesus social part into the world apart from the the fruit of the Spirit. Patriotism on the left or the right or center. Isn't it funny? The center people always think they got it right, right? But as soon as you think you got it right, you're probably going to get it wrong. Whether it's about environmental issues, whether it's about racial inequalities, whether it's about patriotic passion to restore the foundations which we think people are departing from. If the fruit of the Spirit is absent in our proclamations and politics, and our stands for what is right is, uh, is, does not have Jesus in it, it's a strange fire. If the Q people digging deeper and hoping for Trump hope long for Trump more than they long for Jesus, that's strange fire. If we gather for social justice, and the people who are gathering for social justice reject Jesus Christ as the only righteous judge, that's strange fire. Evil can come like a light. Evil can come like a lamb. Evil can come through passion that has anger mixed. But Jesus said, and James said, the anger of man will never bring about the righteousness of God. We're talking about strange fire. Here's a good principle. God really dealt with me uh, back at the beginning of the year, and even before that, uh, just started dealing with me personally and with all the COVID stuff, and and all the Christians were on one side. Any, you know, all the Christians were on one side about this and one side about that. And and if you were a Christian on the other side, you weren't a Christian, uh, or whatever you were. De- Here's the thing. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, "Look in the epistles of Peter, look in the epistles of James, look in the epistles of John, and find one thing I say about a political plan. Find one thing. You can't find it." They're principles, but you can't find a plan. And then he said this to me. Here's what you say to the people. Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of fill in the blanks. Don't, that's Paul. Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of fill in the blanks. You say I must not sing or dance. You say the Spirit must come through. You say that I must be immersed. They say a sprinkling will do. 
But will you still love me after I choose? Doesn't the issue stand upon this truth? Up on a cross he died for sinners. Up on a cross between two thieves. Up on a cross he died for you and me. I heard the devil's voice today. There's evil fire. Evil fire is a manipulation by demonic stirring of the hurts in our life. Being disenfranchised so the demagogues can come and make money off of it. Hold the power. Pursuing the evil. In an evil way, the hurting, the disenfranchised. Evil's pursuing the pulpits today. Evil is pursuing the people of God today to bend truth or fight with anger against those who they think are bending truth to take our freedoms away. Evil is pursuing you and I to quench the love of God in the name of what we consider to be liberty, in the pressure of the culture that sees their own truth their own way. That's two kinds of fire in America right now. Two kinds of fire in America right now. And none of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. And the more influence you have, the more vulnerable, the more targeted. There's another kind of fire in America, and I see it as embers. I see it as maybe dimly burning wicks, but it's here, and it's the holy fire of God. The holy fire of God. It's not a mystery. It can't be manipulated. It's a mission. The Holy Spirit of God and the fire of the presence of Jesus is on a mission in America. Is on a mission in South America. Is on a mission in Central America. Is on a mission in Western Europe and Eastern Europe, no matter what they say. No matter what it, the Arab world says. No matter what the, the high wall of demonic uh, religions of the earth say. There, the Holy Spirit fire is loose in America, loose in the world. And I see a fire coming. A Holy Spirit fire in the hearts of God's people. A Holy Spirit fire in the hearts of God's preachers. A Holy Spirit fire all across... You feel that? A Holy Spirit fire all across this land. Seeking to say, let me burn in you. Let me burn in you. Let me light your altars. Let me light your pulpits. Let me light your devotions. Let me light your family. Let me light your marriage. Let me light your mission. Holy fire. Here we are on the 4th of July. I love the 4th of July. Look at someone say, I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy, man. I am a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Holy fire. Don't we need it? Don't we need it? Let me stand next to it, Lord. Let it burn inside of me. There are three things I want to focus on as we close on the 4th of July. Number one, we should thank God deeply for our liberty we enjoy in this nation. We should, man, you think, I mean, you think it couldn't be worse? It could be way worse. Honoring the founders who were wise but human and flawed, but honoring the foundations. Honoring those who gave their lives and give their lives to secure the liberties we have and those who are still pressing. Tension can be good until everybody has the same freedoms not just on paper, but between man and man, woman and woman, people and people, city and city, county and county. Second, we the people who follow Jesus 
should live out our liberties in good citizenship that points to a greater emancipation and a true home. See that? That's why Peter said it, we're aliens and, and, and strangers. Listen, listen, this is from the message version of 1 Peter. Listen to this. And again, go try to find a political plan for the right or the left of the center in any of the epistles. Any of the epistles. They're not there. Instead, here's where the Holy Spirit led Peter. He says this, Friends, this world is not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the people so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Isn't that powerful? That's the message version. Then they'll be won over to God's side. We're not trying to win God over to our side. And be there to join in the celebration. Make the master proud of you being a good citizen. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. Man. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. Hold on to that a minute. It's God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the law. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Hello? Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Look at this. Revere God. Respect the government. Who said that? Simon Peter said that. Might I add, the Greek says, where it says respect the government, from Peterson's uh, paraphrase, the Greek says, honor, listen, fear God, honor the emperor. Guess who the emperor was when Peter wrote that? Nero. What? Didn't say worship him. It said honor him to something much bigger than reforming Nero. What he would say to us today in America is honor the president. So if it was in 1990, he would have said honor Bill Clinton. If he'd have said, later he'd have said honor George W. Bush. Later he would have said honor Barack Obama. Later, he would have said, honor, honor Donald Trump. And he would say now, honor Joe Biden. Why? Because it's about a bigger prize. We are to live among the country in a way to point people to a true reward and another place. And third of all, and you can stand, we should passionately appeal for a greater grace again. Would you say this out loud, God? Out loud. That's when you speak with your voice. God, we ask you to pour a greater grace on America, on the churches, and on me. Catherine Lee Bates wrote America the Beautiful from the top of Pikes Peak. Just listen. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies. Look. Look. For amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. Then with, with her heart she cries out from the top of the mountains, America! America, God, 
shed His grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood, sisterhood, from sea to shining sea. Oh Lord, thank You for our freedom. For those of us in Christ, thank You for freeing our soul. Because who Jesus sets free is truly free. And I pray for everybody here that has never met Him, has wandered far from Him, that the fire is growing dim, that You'd light it today. Those that are watching, those that are listening, those who have wandered away, those who are mixed and in mysteries, would come back to the mission. Come back to the mission by the power of the name of Jesus and by the pulling of the Holy Spirit. Come back to the mission of God. Don't waste your life on lesser things. Give up whatever it is and whoever it is that keeps you from loving Jesus with an undying love. Says the Lord. I will light your fire again. I will fill you with a blaze you've never known and never experienced. I will quench the need for things that will kill you. And I will fill you with a fire that will never burn you out. I'll put it in your churches and I'll put it in your children. And I'll visit this country with power and glory and holiness. Not man-made, not constructed by religious spirits, but by the working of the torch from my hand to touch your heart and touch your streets. And the churches and the fire will go all the way to Washington, D.C., We'll go all the way to the White House and make it holy white. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you that the mighty power of Jesus is real and alive and the Spirit of God, the fire of your presence, still burns and may it burn in every person. In Jesus' name, amen? Let's give God praise. We worship you, Lord. We worship you today.